everybody and welcome to the Creative Kindergarten Podcast. My name is Amanda and I'm an early childhood educator in Ontario, Canada. And I've been working with full day kindergarten classrooms for the past, I think I'm on my sixth year. And this podcast is a great way for me to just connect with other kindergarten educators and share some tips and tricks and I that I have collected over the years doing it. So this week's episode is all about how we set up and run math and literacy centers in our kindergarten classroom and I'm a little bit scared not really scared anxious about sharing this kind of information because this is the way I do it is definitely not the only way to do it it's definitely maybe not even the best way I don't really know this is just how it has worked best for me and my teaching partners in the past and how it's worked best for our students. So just because this is the way I have done it doesn't mean that it's the best way for you to do it. So I want you to keep that in mind as you listen to this episode and just know that I really hope that you get some tips and tricks on how to do literacy and math centers in your classroom and that I'm definitely not saying that this is the only or best way to do it. This is just how it has worked best for me. So I hope you stay tuned and you have a listen to this and um, yeah, you'll have to let me know what you think after you listen. Now, this is definitely the number one question that I get sent. Maybe not the number one, pretty close to the number one question I get sent. And it's all about like, how do you run your math and literacy centers? When you when do you set up? What does it look like? How do you do it? All that kind of jazz. And it is kind of like really hard to explain unless you're there or I make like a very detailed like day plan. It's really hard to explain just what math and literacy centers can look like in kindergarten because it can be varied even from day to day. Like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. And and I think that's part of being in kindergarten is being able to adapt to what's happening in your day to day life. So Uh, knowing your students and knowing when things are just going south and changing it up as it goes. So I'm going to kind of give you guys an overview. Did this happen every day? Of course not. Is it what happened most of the time? Probably. And just how we developed it over time and how it works best for us. And then at the end, maybe I'll give you some like overarching tips and tricks so that you have a better sense of um ideally how I would like it to work because again not all schools are ideally set up for the best flow of the day for kindergarten so the first thing um in the morning is I know a lot of people do like soft entries where kids come in and they play but at our um at least in our school maybe I don't even know if it's the whole district but at our place where I've worked let's just say how where I've worked in the past when the bell, like every student waits outside and there's um, usually an early childhood educator or a teacher on duty. And so students can start coming into the kindergarten yard at like whatever time, nine o'clock, let's say. And then the bell rings at nine ten, and all students enter the classroom together. So there really isn't a, an op, like there is no soft entry where students just kind of trickle in as they get to school. They all students just come into the classroom together. They come in, they take off all their stuff, if it's winter time this might take a little bit longer because now they've got snow boots and snow pants and jackets whatever and they all kind of trickle in and go to the carpet at this point they're kind of talking to each other they're chit-chatting I'm catching up with them I'm talking to parents if parents are dropping off a little bit late all that kind of jazz just settling in of the morning and getting ourselves to the carpet so we can have um, an entry carpet a circle time whatever it is you want to call it in the morning 
different things can take place there. We could do a shared writing component. We could talk about um, our night before. Sometimes we just have discussions and we just usually talk or maybe read a book. Something just light and just just getting our day started, really um, bringing us together and 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 sharing in that moment. I, I like that. I like it because a lot of the time students are coming in and they're so excited to tell me about their soccer game they had last night or if they went to go see a movie. And this just gives them the opportunity to share that with the class and to share that with their teachers. And they really just like that. So we've always done that. I know some people do soft entries where people, uh, there's already activities set up on the tables or at the carpet and students can just trickle in and start playing and that's kind of more of a soft entry that's just not how it's ever worked for me but it's an intriguing idea and maybe one that I would have thought of or tried doing if we had any kind of issues in the morning where students just were not ready to go to a carpet that that would be just another way you could do it. So at the beginning of uh, the carpet, we're kind of just talking. And then before we transition into our morning centers, we talk about what we're going to be doing at the centers. I We very specifically tell them what's at, available at each table so that our students are already processing what they want to go do. And we tell them not necessarily how to do each of the tables, but because it's sometimes it's just very open-ended, but at least like if it's something like scissors or something that they need to use appropriately, we'll go over the rules for spe spe specific materials, if that makes sense. Not what, not necessarily all the time what you have to do here, just how to treat the materials. Sometimes there is like a must do where you have to do it a certain way, but not all the time. And so once, um, our students are ready to go. We've introduced all the centers. They can just go. So I think I've talked about this before. These I've always done self-regulated centers. Students, we don't pick where they go. Students don't have to tell us where they're going. We don't have a timer. Kids just pick a table and they go to it and they finish it when they finish it and they go to another table. Some kids take five minutes to do an activity or they do an activity until they're bored, which is two minutes in and they're like, this is just not for me. And they pick, or maybe a student can spend the whole morning at an activity because it's something they're really engaged in. And that's just what they do that day. So self-regulated centers is really hard, I think, to set up at the beginning of the school year because sometimes kids don't really know how to self-regulate or don't know what that even means and so it does take some guidance at the beginning sometimes I kind of just have to say okay kid you're just going to start at this table today because you're just wandering and let's just try something this morning and I might guide them in that way but by the end of the year by the second not even the end of the year by the second half of the year like this just runs like butter we don't have to run around after kids kids just know what to do we have enough open centers that they just rotate through as they wish and it doesn't usually cause any problems by the second half of the year. Uh, Self-regulated centers is the best for that kind of stuff. Hard to set up at the beginning, great as the year goes on because then you've put all the work in and now the it just it just runs. So once they have settled into centers, this is my time and my teacher partner time, we kind of rotate through, we go through and we see what everybody's doing at different centers, we might be documenting, maybe there's a guided writing table happening, maybe there's a guided reading table happening, maybe we're just, just today just rotating through centers, maybe there's a center that needs more guidance, whatever it is, we just plop each other, plop ourselves in and uh, get that done. So in the mornings, we usually have been doing literacy centers. 
Does that mean there's never any math incorporated into our literacy centers? No, sometimes we put out math centers too during literacy centers. That's a-okay, put in whatever you need to put in. But we usually focus a little bit more on literacy behaviors in the morning, and then in the afternoon, we'll switch it up and put up some math um, centers. So we have a huge chunk of time in the morning. So usually it runs for an hour or two, and then we have to break for snack and morning snack we always do as a whole group exercise. It's just easier to tell if everybody has snack and to make sure that everybody has a chance to eat in the morning. So we wanna make sure, especially in the mornings, that they have had something to eat and that we all just come together and make sure we have snack. For my friends who might not be in Ontario, students bring their own snacks and lunches to school. They bring a morning snack, a lunch, and an afternoon snack, at least in the schools that I've been in. I know some schools do like these huge nutrition breaks. I'm not sure how it works there, but we don't have a cafeteria. We don't have parents bring in snacks for kids. They bring their own lunch boxes every day with all the food that they will need to eat in the lunchbox. So sometimes there's like lunch lady hot lunches that comes in that I'm not like sometimes that happens, but that's on not a regular occurrence on a right, like regularly students bring in their lunchbox and everything's in there. So students sit down, they open their lunchbox, they have a snack, we put it away and then we go outside. And again, huge chunk of time, a half an hour at least outside, we have to share our kindergarten yard with um, last year, there was a total of four kindergarten classes and a other class that came and used our kindergarten um, yard. It's like fenced in, so they needed to use a fenced in yard. So we shared it with a lot. So we couldn't, There, there's a lot of different ways that you can do this, but a lot of the times we would have, like ideally we wanted to have like an open door where there would be an educator outside and an educator inside and students could just flow in and out and they could do centers and like there wouldn't be a hard break to go outside. That didn't work for us this year just because how... It was set up with having to share a space. So instead, we just did what we had to do and we go outside for that half an hour. Sometimes we bring things out with us. Sometimes we use what's already out there and then we come back in. So here's the thing. I forgot to mention this, but before we had snack, instead of tidying up all of our centers that we had set up in the morning, because it takes a long time to set up those centers, you've put a lot of thought and effort into getting your centers set up for the morning. Just because you're breaking to go have snack and to go outside doesn't mean you have to tidy up those centers. You've put a lot of work into those. Get your students to put them into the center of the table. Another thing that we work on all year long is, hey, Guys, it's time to tidy up to the center of the table to have snack. And they get to know that they just put all the materials. They're careful. They don't they just squish everything. They pile everything up into the middle. And then when we come back from inside, I say, okay, can you guys, whoever's the first one's ready, okay, go reset the centers for me. And then they know to just bring back out the materials out from the center of the table and they just keep going. It's, it's just the most magical thing. Once you've done it for like a week or two, the kids just know what to do. You don't need to keep cleaning everything up and putting new centers out. No, just have them put it into the middle of the table and then spread it back out. And look, your centers are just going. You didn't have to come up with a whole bunch of new centers. Unless your kids are getting bored. Sometimes I would get a center and I'm like, oh, these kids are, are done with whatever's happening here. Then I would just swap it out for something else real quickly, but you don't have to swap out all five or six tables that you have. You just have to swap out like the one that they're kind of done with. 
So that is my number one trick. Here's here's a trick for you. Just tidy up to the center of the table. And that's, they get to know that. The kids get to know when I say tidy up to the center of the table. Or they'll even ask if you just forget to say what it is. And they'll be, I'll say tidy up time. And they'll be like, is it to the center of the table? And I'll, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just put everything into the center of the table so we can have snack. Fantastic. And then once literacy centers are over, I call it literacy centers. The big block of time in the morning is over. What we do is we say, okay, now it's time to tidy up to the back ledge. And that's when they know that it's no longer tidying up to the center of the table. They take all the materials and they put them on the back ledge where I can kind of, if it's stuff that needs to be put away into a cupboard or to be put away properly, I know it's there. They also know that if it's something that they know where it goes, like the scissors or the glue or the crayons or whatever material it is, they can put just, they that can just go away. Like I don't have to tell them where that kind of stuff goes because we've taught them where to store materials and where things go to be put away properly. So that kind of stuff they put away but the teacher stuff I guess for better lack of a better word to describe it like the center materials like if you have uh, pieces of um, activities cut out or whatever it is that they know that they have to give back to the teacher so I can put it back into the appropriate bin that they know to put on the back ledge and I'll take care of that as they're eating uh, eating lunch or whatever it is that they're doing. So there's two types of ways that we tidy, either to the center of the table or to the back ledge. And our students get to know what that means real quickly. Like they, again, once you put in all the work at the beginning, it's easy, easy, easy by the end. And so that's just what, how we have run the classroom and how it really worked for us. So then we all have lunch together. Again, kids bring their own lunch. They have 20 minutes to eat. Um, sometimes I have to talk to them about eating instead of talking to all their friends because I do want them to have nourishment and not be hungry or like not eat their lunches ever because they're talking so much. Uh, stu our students eat inside the classroom. They get to pick where they eat unless a kid's really just not having a good time at lunch and I need to move them because he's non-stop talking instead of eating. That happens sometimes, but normally, like like it is during center time, it's self-regulated. They sit where they need to sit, they eat what they want to eat, and then they tidy up and we go outside and they get another like 30 minutes outside at that point. So already they've been outside for that 10 minutes before school, a half an hour at recess, and then a half an hour at lunch. So they get a lot of outside time, which is fantastic. They love being outside. It's such a great way to for them to expand their energy, and it's just fantastic. So... Once they're done playing outside, then we'll come back inside and it's time for, again, another big block of learning time. And traditionally, it's just been math um, in the afternoon. And so again, we'll come to the carpet, we'll do a math input lesson. And guess what? We do calendar. Maybe I should do a whole podcast on calendar time because again, another controversial subject where we should be just getting rid of calendar time and nobody ever gets to do calendar time anymore. No calendar time. So I think I might do a whole podcast on what happens during calendar time, why I think it's valuable, even though I think that it's in the, some systems it's lost its value, but I want to bring some value back into calendar time and talk a little bit about that. So once um, they come back in, usually we have set up math centers for um, the afternoon and again, we do a little bit of an input lesson and then we explain what's happening at math centers and then they go. Um, math centers because it is a smaller chunk of time because there's usually gym right after math so we don't have a large 
chunk of time like we do in the morning. Math centers can go for two or three days and be the same ones. Literacy centers kind of get changed up on a daily basis because they're usually over it by the end of the first day because it's like a two hour chunk of doing the same activities. But the tabletop math centers can last two or three days because they only have like a half an hour to an hour depending on like um, prep time. I think in the States you guys call that specials, but in our area we call it prep periods. So they get time in the library or gym and stuff like that. So yeah, that's basically how we run our day. And then we Again, we tidy up to the back ledge, they go to gym or whatever it is, and then they come back inside or they come back into the classroom right before the end of the day and we usually read a book and then we head on home. Um, snack in the afternoon, we do have an afternoon snack. We have done that self-regulated afternoon snack. So instead of everybody stopping and having snack, we found that sometimes, especially in the afternoon after they've had their morning snack and their lunch, they're not all that hungry. And so we had a lot of kids just sitting there doing nothing during the afternoon snack time. So instead we just made it an open snack table. So one of our tables will just be open for them to go and eat whenever they want. And that just gives them an opportunity to eat when they're hungry and regulate themselves in that way. And that has worked really well for us, especially in the afternoon. I don't know if I would try that in the morning just because I want to make sure that everybody has had something to eat because maybe not everybody got a chance to have breakfast that morning. So I want to make sure that in the morning they have their snack time. But in the afternoon, they just self-regulate. If they're hungry, they're hungry. They've usually left themselves like some kind of treat in their lunchbox because we suggest that they eat uh, healthier snacks in the morning. And so maybe in the afternoon they have a treat left. So maybe some kids are really excited to go. Some kids are just not hungry. And so they don't go to it. So self-regulated snack time also works really well for us in the afternoon. So open snack table, math centers happen in the afternoon, large chunk of time, tidy up, and then gym or another kind of prep coverage time. Then they just get ready to go home. And that's the end of our day. We That is kind of the basis for how it works on just regular days in our classroom that does that work like that every day no because then there's assemblies thrown in there's like whatever kind of special activities thrown in oh there's a prep coverage this day whatever it might be might be thrown in there so we are very flexible about how our days are run and yeah so here are some tips and tricks that i have for you so maybe having large blocks of time is probably my number one tip for you. Transitions are hard. They are what cause the most problems when kids are constantly told to start and stop. It's hard for students to stop themselves. Like some of my kids are three years old when they come to school. A three-year-old is not just done when you tell them they're done. They need more time to process. They need more time to get started. They need more time to... Um, like just process things it's not easy for them to start and stop every half hour to do a different transition and it's hard for them to keep track of what's happening like you're like their brain is still in literacy centers but now half an hour later now now supposed to be doing science and now they're doing math and then they're doing this and this and this no no large blocks of time it also makes your life easier because you don't have to keep planning out all these crazy centers it's all in one big chunk. So large blocks of time is my number one thing. Self-regulating centers, number two. Self-right, let them self-regulate. 
constantly putting on timers, changing timers, having it beep, making, again, transitioning kids so that they go to different centers. That's too hard. Some kids um, can finish a center really quickly and really well. Other kids might take a really long time and they're really purposeful and they're really thinking about what they want to do. And so it's not fair to expect kids to take the same amount of time to do an activity. As an adult, I would never expect anybody to do the same thing in the same amount of time. Kids do it all. Kids also need that expectation to be clear that they can take as much time as they need it at whatever activity that they're doing. So self-regulated, large blocks of time. And also my other big thing is when we're planning for the next couple of days in our classroom, we don't plan too far ahead because we want to be able to follow um, what the students are interested in. So we usually plan two or three days in advance. You know, you, you want to be um, careful not planning too much, but you also don't want to plan anything because if something were to go or something were to happen and one of you needs to be called out sick or, oh gosh, if both of you, that's happened to me before, both of you have to be called out sick, you don't want to be rushing around trying to do supply plans and all that kind of stuff like have stuff ready for yourself over the next couple of days and if things change things change but we always like to have two three days planned in advance and so as we were planning we would gather the materials and things that we would need to do for each center and we had these bins that had the days of the week written on them so monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday and let's say we were planning for tuesday we would put all the materials that we need for math and literacy or whatever science and stem centers that we were doing we would put everything in that bin so that when we came to school on i don't even know what day i said tuesday whatever day it is i would just pull the tuesday bin out everything is in it i just need to take it out and put it on tables and it's ready to go so you're not running around that morning trying to gather all the right materials Everything is already in that bin as you were planning and you have it there for you. So chunks of time, self-regulated centers, have some bins that you can just put all of your materials in that you need for that day. And yeah, that's basically how we run our kindergarten classroom as I've done in the past. Again, is it the most perfect way? Of course not. I would have loved to be able to just have an open door classroom where students could self-regulate and go in and out as they please, have a great outdoor learning space where we can bring materials outside with us and bring them back in. It's just not how it worked out at the school last year. Maybe if I was at the school this year, it would have worked out a little bit differently. We would have tried again, but that's just the way it is, right? Not every classroom is gonna be your perfect ideal classroom. You just have to run with it. And another thing is that, you know what, if it works this year, it works. If it's not working next year, try to think about what you can change in your day that's not working for your students. So is it that you're doing too many transitions? Is it that they don't have enough time at each center because you're doing the rotations? What is it that's not working for your students? If you're seeing those behaviors, there's a reason for behaviors happening most of the time that have to do with how you're scheduling or structuring the day and maybe just take a look at it have some self-reflection time think about it maybe you hate everything I just said that's okay too we don't always have to agree but if you did like this podcast make sure you subscribe because I put out a new one every week I love getting a chance to talk to you guys and just discussing Um, my ideas, my thoughts on the kindergarten classroom. I love hearing feedback from you guys. So if you don't agree with me, 
make sure you tell me. So you can find me on Instagram at Creative Kindergarten Blog on TPT. You can find me on my blog, creativekindergartenblog.com. Make sure you contact me. Let me know what is working, not working in your kindergarten classroom. I'll leave some links down below. I'd love to hear from you and make sure you stay subscribed. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe, whatever it is that you need to do. And I hope to see you all next time. Thanks for joining in. Thank <music> you.